Hello, listener. It is December and we are in the final stages of our semester. I hope you are well and I hope you are thinking about what you want to get accomplished for you during the very short break. I find that sometimes we overthink what we want to get done during break and we are too hard on ourselves. Think we are going to get too much done. Well, today's show is with my old friend, my dear friend, and frequent guest, Beth Grampetro. She was also my co-host for our podcast called Twin XL, which you'll find out about during the broadcast. This is one that I hope you learn from more for yourself than anything. It was meant to have fun. It was meant to kind of start to decompress at the end of what can be a long semester. But I do want you to think about what you have accomplished this semester because I know you have accomplished stuff. So buckle up for what I hope is a great end of semester show. Okay, welcome to Office Hours with Dr. DeVoe. We are here in an actual studio with our wonderful producer, Dave, and he has given us also video today, and we'll put the video up someplace. As long as I'm not in the video. As long as you're not in the video, we will. I don't know. Maybe we'll put the video up someplace, but we're not putting it up before the holidays. I will tell you that right now. My my list is too long. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Laura DeVoe, and I am here with one of my favorite guests and good friend, Beth Grant-Petro. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Oh, God. See, this is what happens when we're in the studio. We get, we have sound effects. We have sound effects. We have lighting and all that kind of stuff. So for those who don't know, my first foray into podcasting was right here at the Pod 617 Studios with David Yaz, our producer, and he runs the Pod 617 Enterprise. And if you are interested in doing a podcast, please get in touch with Dave. It doesn't matter if you're in in Massachusetts either because he can do all this stuff remote. He's fantastic. And he takes a lot of the guesswork out of it all. Oh, uh, go on. No, no, seriously. <laughs> no, I mean, just, I mean, go on. Okay, <laughs> no, but you distribute everything. You do all the work, which is great. And for those of us who can't find our way out of our, our backpack for the day, like it's nice to have people in our lives who can help us. So, so the first podcast I ever did was with the person sitting next to me, Beth Grampetro. And we had a podcast called Go ahead. Twin XL. Twin XL. And yeah. and tell tell the listeners. Tell tell the listeners about our podcast. <laughs> so Twin XL was a show that was for the parents of college students or students about to go to college. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about all the things that we thought as people who have worked at colleges yeah. for for too long. Bananas long time yeah. now. Um, all the things that we like over the years just thought, oh, I really wish parents knew this. Yes. And, or and, like, wouldn't it be great if the parents knew this before they got to parent orientation? Yes. yes. It would help them feel better. Yeah. It would make things a little smoother. So that was yeah. the show. And it was good. And then the pandemic hit and it was, <laughs> it made it more difficult and, no, life. And, and life got more difficult. But I think also the pandemic kind of put a, a weird kind of 
curveball, as all of us would recall, on student life and what that all looked like and the reimagining of it all and, and all that. But Beth and I were like, Dave was like, why don't you come to the studio? And so we said, okay, we'll do that. We'll do this. And now, and we'll, we'll go out for a holiday lunch afterwards or something like that. So, the, po- anyway. the podcast is still live, Twin XL. And so it if is. people want to hear it, a lot of that information is really evergreen. Yes, it would, is evergreen. So, Get into yeah. that back Get catalog. Get back into the back people. catalog. It's and still it, there. It, there's no video, though. Which is probably better. Yeah. <laughs> All you get is the dulcet tones of our voices. It is. And the and the video camera would have been like a side look. And the side yeah. look is not my best, the, my best look. The arrangement in here has changed. I do like the... It, which this, is nice. This, it, for those... That also, we're looking very much like the delicious dish on <laughs> SNL right now. And I really... I need Dave to just do a screenshot of this because this is going to be my Christmas card. Like, I'm just going to say it right now. So, anyway... It, I, for the parents, so I do want to have a Twin XL callback before we go into the rest of the day's episode. But for the parents with kids right now, because some of the people listening are obviously the the bulk of the audience is higher ed people, and we're really excited because we're coming up on January or December January break. We're sending people home, and as I used to say <laughs> during this time of year. It, we're, we're closed and you need to go somewhere. You can't stay here. I need some distance for a bit of time. And we're going to spend time as we move forward in the show today talking about what a break means and how to take the full advantage of the break for people working on campus. But as you're sending people home, I can Beth, the question I have for you is if you were to sit down with a parent right now, and knowing what the semester has been like for them and an understanding of what has been going on, what could we be doing in terms of framing the best use of that winter break? What not to be surprised by? I think that's the thing that often happens. Parents, like, we would get call- we get calls all the time. My kid came home and they're different. And it's like, okay, well... <laughs> That's called development, yes. but we can take That's out. Gross. We could talk that out. So, if you were talking to a parent as a administrator right now, and even I think this is actually useful for administrators because I think sometimes we get so bogged down in our own kind of funnel of uh, mind thoughts about what's going on, on our own campuses. What would you be telling parents right now to prepare for that arrival? Don't be alarmed. If your student has been living away from home and they come home and all they do for like the first week is sleep. Yes. That's not, that doesn't necessarily mean that something is wrong with them. No. Except for the fact that they're not getting good sleep at school. No. But it's not an indication of anything like that you need to worry about. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Or even if they have been living at home with you this whole time, if they take advantage of the time as they're not going to school to really lay in bed a lot, that might just happen. I think... I would also tell parents, try to have a conversation with your student, whether it's before they come Mm -hmm. home. And that might be tricky because right now students, I can say as someone that works on a campus, I just had earlier this week the last meeting of the class that I taught this semester. People are fried. People are fried. People are are like a combination of checked out and also super stressed about getting done the things they need to get done. So right now might not be the time for the conversation. Yes. But if it it can't happen now. Time and place. Then when they get home after they've had their nice big nap, check in with them and just say like, so, hey, you're going to be here for however much time. Mm -hmm. In some cases, especially if your student school has like a January term. You might not go back till the end of January. Yeah. 
Yeah. You might have them at home for like a month. Mm-hmm. And it's a good idea just to have a talk about like, what are you what are you thinking of doing right, for right. these next four to five weeks, whatever yes. it might be? Yes. And that doesn't mean you have to start an, an NGO or something. No. That's, that's not what you have to do during break. Certainly yeah. that's not the question of like, what will you accomplish? Yes. Did you know, <laughs> don't do the thing that people were doing in the early part of the pandemic where they were like, well, during the plague, Shakespeare wrote whatever. Like, <laughs> fuck Shakespeare. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's all right. Sorry, Will it's Shakespeare. Okay. It's okay. But not everyone okay. needs to like spend their... We don't have to earn rest. We don't have to earn no. like taking a break. That's not the point. But it is a it's a decent chunk of time where it's a good idea to kind of check in and just say like, hey, you got any ideas or plans of what you think you might do? Because a good thing for everyone's well-being is structure. Yeah. And so I think of it, I liken it to back when I had my daughter and I was on leave from work for 12 weeks. And I found that having structure in the day was like extremely important because I wasn't going to my job. No. And I had no. this other job to do now. And right. it was very unpredictable. Right. <laughs> very right. exhausting. Right. But if you can talk to your student about like, hey, so you don't have classes, maybe they have a job, maybe they're still working, maybe mm-hmm. they're coming back to a job they had over the summer, and that's great, that provides some structure. But just kind of talking through with them like, hey, plan to get out of bed yeah. after that initial rest, yeah. shower, get dressed, go outside once a day. If you have expectations around them being at certain family events, mm-hmm. put that out there. Yep, that's but, important. But give them... Give them some flexibility. Like, I don't know about you, but, oh God, if my mom listens to this, she's going to be mad. When I (laughs) moved back to... We're friends on Facebook, so she'll DM me. She will DM. Mary Ellen will DM you and be like, why is my daughter disparaging me on the podcast? I'm kidding. She doesn't know what podcasts are. It's fine. But like, I feel like when I first moved back to Massachusetts after having lived out of state for a couple of years... It was this moment of like my mom fully thought I was coming to everything. Yeah. Right down to, and this is a Catholic thing, sorry, mm-hmm. but like there would be, she would be like, so and so is having a mass said for their no. dead grandma no. next weekend. And like if you're Catholic, you know that what that means is it's just regular mass. Yeah. And in the mass somewhere they say, they say and we're here honoring James so Smith so. today. Right. So it's not even like, it's not a funeral, it's not a wedding, like, no. it's not a special event. <laughs> And she would just be like, you're coming, right? It's a fundraising bid. No, no, thank you. Yeah, it is. (laughs) They're trying to get you to open up your wallets. But that said, like, it's a good idea with, in these situations, whether it's your student coming home for, like, the winter break or summer or whatever it is, like, have a little talk about, hey, it's the holidays. If you celebrate these holidays coming up, we've been invited to XYZ. Are you cool with going to all those? Right. Do we need to compromise and you get to skip one? Like right. how? And also yeah. there's there's also for some of the students who are coming home and they may have younger siblings mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. elderly members of the family who are not going to be going to these events. OK, the, what is the expectation about them coming in and maybe being a helper or even saying, I'm not going to make you babysit. I'm going to hire a babysitter, Mm -hmm. but I want you to know that we're going to be out of the house that night and this is what's going on. I think it's okay to have those conversations. And I think from a, 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 you know, from the administrative side, some of the things we could be doing is actually framing that if you do have a parent newsletter, 
send out mm-hmm. some prompts to your parents saying these are some things, but also giving students something to look forward to when they come back and say, we want you to be gone. We want you to take some time. We want you to decompress and kind of, uh, you know, fill your gas tank a bit. But we also are are enthusiastic about you coming back. And these are the things that will be more of the same of the things that you like, what are some of the things we're going to be doing that are part of our second semester culture that you may either have forgotten about or never experienced before. There's things, there's reasons we want you to come back and all of that. And and I think that to, to kind of shift gears a little bit about the break and what the break means for all of us, it's also a time for us to acknowledge that we need a break. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> And and it's not that we need a break like, oh, God, I'm done kind of thing. <laughs> but but seriously, I mean, there's been some joyful moments that you've had. There have been also some difficult moments on every campus. And some of these moments are in the neighborhood of student learning. Some of them are in, in the face of student tradition. This was probably one of the, I'm not going to say the first year that we were back and all in person. We have been back and in person for at least a year or two now. Mm-hmm. But I think we finally got our groove back in terms of how to do stuff again. I think that there has been an effort to recreate or reimagine or leverage our campus traditions a little bit better. I've seen it, whether it be around, we're going to talk later about some of the things in social media that have brought us some joy and, and excitement this year. But I and mean, confusion and confusion. <laughs> but I think you see it now because uh, there has been a big gap within the last, when you went from the, from pre-pandemic shutdown to now, how people use social media to show and illustrate life on campus has completely evolved. Like it is by far, but several years ago, put a camera in front of someone's face on campus and they would just like deer in headlights. What? Like now, now they take out, they all have like these mini, those little mini microphones Mm -hmm. and they're like walking around like, Caleb, that guy who walks around New York City asking you if they can see your inside of your apartment. But they all know (laughs) how to do this, right? They all know how to how to kind of address this. And it's not just the campus putting out the content. It's the students putting out the content. But but my point here is that I think one of the things as we've done is we've come very aware that the same old, same old is not going to engage our students. And there have been some really innovative things happening on our campuses, which is which is good. And I think that challenges us. And I think right now, even with just changes in terms of how we do things, that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. True. It's exhausting. And, and it's exhilarating in some ways because you say our, our outcomes are better. We're getting more student engagement. We're getting heightened participation in all of these, like, I'll say this right now. It's right now it's that end of semester student evaluation time. My student evaluation numbers are way higher than they've ever been. And not like just like giving me good 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 comments or something you mean like just that. Participation. Participation. Yeah. I'm like, good God. Like it's like, okay, they're they're got they know they have to fill this out, they're doing it. I'm like, okay. And I don't I I, I don't know what to to kind of credit that with. But what I hear from people is across the board, 
people are a bit more in tune with some of the transactional things that they have to do. Their 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 work is higher. But I think this, the campuses are saying, oh, we moved our attention to this type of software or this way to engage our students or changed this up in some ways. And yeah, it challenged us to change how we do business. But I think it's also made things better for our students, but I'm tired. Like, I hate being the super user. I hate being the one who is the only one on campus who knows how to make this work, and I need to make that better. And and I think it's okay for us to acknowledge we've had a very strong semester of this, but I need a break, and I don't want to look at it for three weeks. Well, and I think that's actually... Something I've been thinking about a lot, not just in relation to the break, but it kind of goes along with what you were just saying of not looking at things for a few weeks. Right. So I supervise about a dozen people yeah. in my current job. Um, You're important. I am. I don't supervise anyone. And I, you know what? It's, you love it. I love it. I, I'll <laughs> say this, though. I love I love the people that I supervise who also probably will never hear this, but they're great. I'm really lucky. I have a great team. <clears throat> and... They're people, in some cases, that do some pretty heavy work on our campus, yeah. right? These are people that are, like, doing clinical work with yeah. students and also managing students who are having issues with housing insecurity and not having no. an appropriate winter coat for the season and mm-hmm. not having enough food and all these other things. And so they, they hear and help to manage a lot of heavy stuff. And I've been having conversations ongoing with some of them about, okay, and, and I think this will resonate with a lot of the people listening to this because I think that the university where I work is not alone in this. Right. Um, a lot of places are looking at tighter budgets. Yes. And fewer staff. Yes. And so I can't, a thing I can't automatically do for some of the people that I work with is say, great news, Dave, I've hired you another staff member. Right. I can't do that. Right. I wish I, I would you wish do you that yeah. for so many people if I could. <laughs> Dave's sitting here. Yeah. It's the one Dave's man show a, over Dave here. Dave's a one man band um, and he's like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I could use a couple of lackeys around here. Right. Now now. It. Yeah. So the thing I've been trying to do is have more conversations as their manager about, okay, we can't, I can't give you a new person. Right. What can I either take away from yes. you that you don't need to do anymore? Or mm-hmm. yep. are there ways we can like add some capacity for the times when it gets really busy mm-hmm. or for times when you, at a minimum, if you are mm-hmm. taking time off, you need to be off. Yeah. off. Yeah. Like I don't want you to be in a situation where you've planned a vacation and you are the super user or you're the only person that knows how to do something and mm-hmm. you're literally like on a beach somewhere and someone's texting you to be like, Laura, sorry to bother you, mm-hmm. but yep. this person can't log yep. into their account. That shouldn't be happening. No, no. Because that's I, not a real break. <laughs> and I, I I, have been saying this from, I know I'm going to move from like faculty, like my faculty hat to my consultant hat. Mm-hmm. I have had multiple conversations with multiple clients over the last couple of years about the term redundancy. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about redundancy, it's more of like you hear of a lot about in the IT world of if this goes down, what's there to back it up? Mm-hmm. And it, where is their redundancy so we don't lose service, so we don't lose the ability to do essential tasks? Right. We don't have that conversation more intentionally when it comes to our offices and how we provide work. And so, I mean, I saw it in in crystal clear with a couple of my clients where someone's out on extended leave 
mm-hmm. or even they it's a campus that I props to to campuses that have a remote work process and a remote work policy. But when someone's out of the office, that doesn't mean the work stops. Mm -hmm. And that was what was happening in some of these cases. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Remote work only works when work is getting done, regardless of where it's being done. Okay. And so you have to kind of reevaluate not remote work, but how you create redundancy in your space. And some people might say, well, isn't that just cross training? I'm like, to an extent. Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. To an extent it is. But let's say in the case of your space, Beth works in a health center. Now, if I was there from an admin, let's say, she lost her mind, but she had enough money and she said, you know what, Laura, we want you to come in to do patient relations because I'm not patient and I suck at relations. So I think having you come in would be awesome. So she comes in, I come in, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to get cross-trained in how to do a pap smear. I'm not no. going to get cross-trained <laughs> into how to do mental health prov- provision. But if a student came in and wanted to talk to X provider, I need to be able to say, hi, I need to be able to give good service and not just, oh, they're not here right now. You can make an appointment. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about, okay? And and I think as we're we're kind of breaking down this idea of going into the break, I always used to say this, and I still believe this. In higher ed, we have two new years, one in August, mm-hmm. one in January, okay? And you got to make your, your, your New Year's resolution stick in both cases, mm-hmm. okay? And you have the capacity, you have the opportunity after the fall semester to be able to say from especially those of you who are listening, who are managers of any size department, what was working, where, who can I call out for their good work? Who can we put out there? Because everyone, you're like, we're going to have a January retreat and we would like to talk about, I'm like, how about instead of hiring Gavones like me, come in (laughs) and talk to your staff how about you find the people and you're like, well, I don't know if we want to highlight people over others. These are adults. Yeah. If they, they can can't it. figure out that Marnie over here is Marnie. Where'd I get that name? That's I a do. blast from the past. It is. No, but I have a friend named Marnie. This is not about you, Marnie, but sure. I'm going <laughs> to use your name. Okay. Marnie over here is kicking ass and taking names and Marnie has been short staffed all semester and she has made sure that there has not been a day where work hasn't got not only gotten done but we have great student engagement with her office the amount of time blah 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 there's things that are that she has done to be able to renegotiate how the day gets done and how the work gets done and we're not saying Marnie's not going to get the staff she needs we're not saying that at all but The other thing we have just not done, and it's time for us to have these conversations during the break with ourselves to say, all right, kids, we have had since, okay, let's say from 2021, where we had to shut every freaking, well, no, it was 2020, 2019, 2019, no, it was 2020, 2020, oh my God. (laughs) 
It's really hard to know when, uh, when it is. Ginkgo biloba. <laughs> All the time. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> what is what day is it? But you need that jellyfish drug that Lewis Black talks about. Oh my god. What's it? He's retiring. Prevagen. We can talk about that over lunch. I'm having a really tough time. That call the Prevagen people. They should call the Prevagen. The Prevagen people. We would like you to sponsor the podcast. So since 2020 to now, we've had three solid years of us being able to say, "Okay, what's necessary?" Mm-hmm. Best thing I think we could do during this break period, if you are a manager of humans in your space is have a tough conversation with yourself, take out a notepad, think of all your offices or the all the people that you supervise and say, what's necessary? What should we be spending time on? What shouldn't we be spending time on? Where can we build redundancy? And that's going to be my goals for January. When we bring people back, we want to have these conversations. I agree. And I think the other thing that kind of goes along with this is a lot of us that do this work we are doing things to support students in various ways we might be doing like the work that i do that is directly student well-being and health Mm -hmm. it might be advising it's all these things right that feel very important Mm -hmm. because they are yep and i think that the field of Student affairs, especially in other parts of higher education, too, has kind of done itself a little bit of a disservice in this way because it is talked about or was talked about for a long time, especially pre-pandemic, about being a calling. Yeah. And like, sure. It makes you feel better, doesn't it? It does make you feel better. <laughs> it makes you feel better when you think it's a call. I'm called right, to right. do this. this is not, it's not just a regular job. Aww. It's a cool job. Oh, no. <laughs> but Coming from above. I think one of the things that and, and we're not the only job, right? Teaching is a calling. Yeah. Think about notice. Notice all the jobs that get called a calling. Women have them. A lot of women have them. <laughs> not just women, but like they are a lot of yeah, times yeah. a lot of women have them. And a lot of times they're not paid very well. Right. And you get and that's how it gets used is to say to you like, yeah, you're not you're not in it for the big bucks, but you do it because it's worth something to you and you really feel fulfilled and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And like that's where I get in a like, why not both? Yeah. Situation. Yeah. 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 Why not both dot gif? I'm just like, I should get paid and also be fulfilled. But yeah, the other thing is. It's hard to make that transition away from that kind of framing, I think, to, but but necessary mm-hmm. to be able as a manager to say, if you are a manager, to say to your staff, like, I want to hear what's not necessary and what's really taxing you mm-hmm. and isn't actually delivering for students. Or I want to hear about the ways that you are finding yourself really having to go above and beyond just to make things work because mm-hmm. the thing that people are not going to do in a job like these that they believe is their calling, or even if they don't feel that way, but they know that the work is important to the students. Like, mm-hmm. and I'll use, I'm going to use my people as an example again. The clinicians I supervise are not going to do a half ass job no. to make a point about how we don't have enough staff. Right. That's not something they're going to do. Right. And so you're not going to have a situation. I think of, used IT as an example. Mm. Talk about another job that might not be considered a calling, but it is extremely important to a campus. Yeah. Like they work really hard. They uh, often I are there long all this how stuff. They literally sit down with people oh. 
and walk them through some of these things I, without just taking the computer. Yes, an incredible and, amount of patience. Oh my god! Right, but they have all these things. Like they are, they are there to keep all of these things running that are so necessary to campus business that like no one cares about or notices until no, they're not, not working. working. Yeah, and then everyone is losing their minds because the Wi-Fi is down or this, that, or the other. And they rectify it quickly in most cases when they can, and that's all fine. But right. like in the clinical space, for example, we're not going to be like, oh, I'm actually I'm out of time yep. and I'm clocking out and I will, I guess I'll finish this throat culture tomorrow. Like right. that's not a thing that they're right. going to do. So I feel like there are some departments that get very, it's easier mm-hmm. probably to their chagrin to get mm-hmm. student feedback on when, where they're falling short. Right. But then they might have the opportunity to say, see, we are falling short. The reason that the Wi-Fi died, the reason that is we are we are missing this staff person. Right. Right. I think it's harder in some of the I I don't know, softer. I hate that term. But like some of the other places on our campuses, Mm -hmm. it's harder to demonstrate. Yeah. Like. I I know it looks like our service is maintaining the same level, but it's because the people here are busting their asses. Right. And like we can't let it. We can't drop things. Well, but I also see that where you've got offices that do well on the f- on the face of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. the students or whoever your frontline kind of service prov- who's your stakeholder, your mm-hmm. frontline stakeholder that you need to be impacting is going well. But then if you were to talk to say the purchasing office or another office on campus, the business office or someone in the background and you're like, yeah, that's a, that those students love that office, but damned if I can get a phone call back, yeah. damned if I can get a purchase requisition to come through based I mean, we have a process and they never follow the process yeah. and they don't even call. So there's other stakeholder groups that you need to be conscious of and that sort of thing. And I think that's where my my point about redundancy and my point about what it is that is actually necessary. There's a lot of campuses that are still doing work right now, and I've said this before, that is not necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. There's this office, this is stuff that we're like, is this about you, the person who's been working at the campus for too long? <laughs> Okay, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. It's that it's been so long that you're just like, okay, you're just like on autopilot Mm -hmm. and you say, well, isn't this response? Shouldn't we be doing this? We've always been doing this. Well, no, like we've had time where literally during the pandemic when things shut down, there were some things that just didn't get done. Yeah. So can we sit here and say during the break, acknowledge the fact that you made it through. What are some of the things you may have said, "Mm, that wasn't the best effort, okay? Or that was great. I'm so glad that's back. Great. Keep it, okay? But if there's something that you're like, you know what? No one's even paying attention that this has gone away. Evaluate if that should even be here. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help those people who are in your your space who may be like, so here are the things we're going to take off your plate, to your point earlier. These are some of the things we're going to take off your plate. We know these things are not high priority. We are going to keep them in the parking lot so that if we ever get additional funding or we get additional resources or whatever the case may be, maybe they can make it their way back into our priorities. But right now, they're really not making it. And I think that we need to put forward 
and give ourselves kudos on the things that aren't as sexy, like things where we're actually providing good data and showing that evidence based that the work we're doing is good work. And that's not the stuff that we all go, oh, yay, that gets to go on the Instagram account. That doesn't you know, no one's going to sit there and say, can I have the vice president for institutional effectiveness, please be on the Instagram account to talk about the data in terms of student persistence? Like, sure, that would be probably not a great video there's a segment of the internet that would love it though. oh yeah no there's some always, there's, there's some people out there that would be like ooh, tableau yeah <laughs> look at that yes. i know some of those people exactly. anyway we do know some of those people <laughs> they're fun to go shout out, out to the data nerds that's right shout out be to into the it. data nerds and the ir people we love uh, ir people we do love ir people <laughs> this is for you jerome and laura and all those people <laughs> we know and in the data world, but in the institutional research area. But but I think we also have to go back. One of the things I've been doing, and then this kind of goes back to this idea of like some things of the re- of the resolutions. Mm. I have been doing this for over a year now. I do micro blog. I, I do micro journaling. Okay. Right. And so every day I sit down on my iPad and I have like my feelings about the day before. And I maybe write one or two things about what I did, but it's really about how I felt after the day is over. Okay. Okay. That has been, and I'm going to sound like one of these mindfulness people, <laughs> which you know I am not. I, it's okay if you are. No, I, this is not. I am not. King of data. There's actually data to back up that mindfulness works. It's one of the few things that's like. Feels woo woo, but isn't. It's woo woo. Anyway, <laughs> no, I know it's not. I know mindfulness is good, but I've had a really tough. I mean, fifty six years of life. I'm not. I'm not all in on it yet. Okay, <laughs> someday I might be. Fair. But one of the things that I've done, and the, the nice thing about it is, it gives me some perspective. But it also lets me go back and say, not so much what did I do on that day, but. What were, how did I feel after that day? How did I feel after a week went by that I didn't have enough time to myself or didn't actually, you know, talk to people I wanted to talk to or do the work that I wanted to do? And it's been super helpful for me to gain some perspective. And that's another thing I wanted to say to folks as you're kind of prepping yourself for the break Take some time for you in terms of not just taking your own nap because we all need them and get some sleep and and all of that. But take a look back on maybe you haven't been micro journaling all all year, but go back and look at who you met with. Go back and see the students or the uh, administrators of the initiatives that you were able to get done and actually learn not about what you could have done better, but really how did it make you feel? Because I think that that's one of the things that we don't take enough time and say there's certain students that when I see them do make accomplishments, I feel really good. Mm-hmm. And and like from a teaching perspective, this past week my graduate students did their final presentations. And I'm not going to lie to you. When the, when the students would get up, I was like, Dr. DeVoe would always stress this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that makes me feel good. But but I think three years ago, I wouldn't acknowledge that. 
Mm, I think that'd be like, yeah, 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 push, push, push. This is just stuff they have to say. It's not stuff they have to say, and I should feel better about it and that sort of thing. But I, I also do want to have a shout out. Like, So I, I did spend a lot of time this semester like curating lists of people, and you were one of them who like spoke, spoke to the students, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it was always fun to see the students' reaction to certain speakers and, and that sort of thing. And so a, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Dr. Joseph Rios, who's over at Wentworth University, mm-hmm. went, well, sorry, Wentworth Institute of Technology, he spoke to them and several of the students afterwards, how do I become his friend? <laughs> and I literally I'm said to them. I'm not surprised by that. I all. said to them, take it down a notch, right? And, yeah. uh, and I, and First of I'm, all, but, don't be desperate because he exactly, will be turned off by that immediately. Exactly. That was not, that's not his jam. <laughs> But, you know, so, but he loves, he loves a good ego boost. So I did say to this to him and he was just like walking around like a rooster. But, but in all seriousness, when it comes to like bringing people in, last night I got an email from one of my grad students who someone I introduced her to from a panel last year who was a policy person. She reached out to her and they, now she has an internship with her next semester. Cool. Like, and she's like, if it wasn't for you, I would never have met this person. And I'm like, you know what? Those are those kinds of things we have to literally sit here. And when you get an email like that, first of all, keep it. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you, if you're somebody like me who likes to print shit out, like put it, print it, print it out and put it in your bucket of nice things. But you know, or show it like my husband was sitting next to me on the couch and I'm reading it on my iPad. I hand the iPad to my husband and he's like, good job, honey. Like <laughs> sometimes you just have to show it to people because then they know you're not making this shit up. And and I think that during the break, it's OK to sit down with somebody and start showing them. Oh, let me show you my Instagram. Let me show you this. Let me tell you what I did this semester. Let me tell you about my students and let them know, you know what? It's nice to have someone you respect in your life turn to you and say, you know what, honey, you do good work. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. No, it isn't. And I think it's, it is really easy. Like you said earlier, like two years ago, three years ago, you would have been pushing through. And I think there's a lot of that. I mean, I think, and yeah. sometimes that's necessary. Like sometimes we're in a place in life where that's what you're doing is you're pushing through. You're surviving and right. that's fine. Right. I think though, like it is really good to kind of take a seat and go, wait a minute. Like I've actually accomplished a lot. Yes. I think of that a lot. I think to the, the listeners out there who are wrapping up a semester of maybe a newer job, maybe a job you've been at a long time. Think about what you've accomplished and start there. Yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot of I was actually just having a conversation with a colleague this morning about this from a different place because we were talking about when a constituent approaches you with what we call deficit thinking mm. and how frustrating that can be. Don't approach yourself with deficit thinking. Um yeah, we need to acknowledge the things that maybe didn't go well or maybe that we want to do better. But I think it's so easy to focus on that. It's yeah. really, it's easy for me as a person who is now about a year and a half into the position I'm in to look around and go, I haven't done this yet. I haven't done that yet. Mm. It's been a year and a half. Yeah. Like that's not that long. And in higher ed world, that's, that's like a thing. blink of an eye. And, yeah. and it's better. It's it's much more fulfilling and, and is going to be a better starting place to look at yourself and go, wow, in the year, five years, 10 years, whatever that I've been here. Mm wow, look at all these things I've accomplished. Look at some things I tried that I decided weren't necessary anymore. That's fine too. And I think that's also, 
as you're thinking about how you're going to spend your break time, mm-hmm. and this is really for anybody, if you're like listening to this as a higher ed professional, if you also happen to be the parent of a student coming home from college or mm-hmm. of anyone, whatever, mm-hmm. the break doesn't need to be like this transformational time that you get all these things done. No. It needn't be that way. <laughs> no. Much like New Year's resolutions no. needn't be that. No, no. Goals are, uh, sorry, people are going to, if they're driving, they're going to want to open a window and like pull over and hurl when I say this. But like, I know you've all heard it in class or whatever, like smart goals, right? Oh, no. Why are they called that? They're specific. They're measurable. They're measurable, attainable. Attainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the R? Oh, I forget. I forget the <laughs> I forget what the R and the T are. Timely is the T. Timely. I forget uh, the R. It doesn't matter because I'm talking about attainable. The word <laughs> Dave, I look it up. <laughs> the word I want to focus on is attainable. Because we know, we all know we're gonna fail at the goal if the goal is like, I'm gonna go to the gym mm. every day no. in January. No. no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, if you do, congrats. You. That's awesome. There's a woman at my gym who's there every day. Good for her. She's that's, awesome. That's and her she's, journey, she's and I'm thrilled for her. She's built like this table. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Oh. But like, it's so much better for everyone, whether it's your own goals, your kids, or your colleagues, the people you supervise, whatever. Like, don't aim so high. God, mm. I sound, don't that sounds terrible, so but truly don't aim so high. Let's be mediocre. Aim somewhere in the middle. And, <laughs> and why? <happy>. Because <laughs> truly be mediocre and happy, but like aim somewhere in the middle because then if you reach that right. higher goal, you exactly. can be like, wow, I crushed it. I actually did better. I think crushing it is, is not always the goal. No, it's not. No. And like it is okay to look around and say, oh, I was hoping to do X this semester and we got about halfway there. Mm-hmm. You know what? Great. That's pretty awesome. But yeah, like we've got the relevant. Oh, relevant. It's oh, a relevant goal. Thank why you. It, that's oh my God. why it never resonates with me. I'm going to get, I'm going to have my like. I literally s- covered this. this Someone needs, I'm pretty sure class. I covered it in my <laughs> class too. And they should just revoke my instructor. I do have to say, I, I, can I go ahead? You finish this, but then I got to, I have a SWAT. A, oh no, not SWAT analysis. SWAT anyway. analysis thing to talk about. But, go. but yes, my point go. here is like the break doesn't have to be a time when you get it all done. Mm-hmm. You should rest. You should reflect. You right. should do stuff that is fun. Watch Virgin River. On if Netflix. you want <laughs> to, if you want to stare at a wall for 20 minutes every day, cause yeah. it's like a chill time for you. I'm down with that. Yeah. That's so great. Like, don't feel bad if you're not productive. Yeah. And it's, that's the hardest thing for me. I how much we want to You be know productive. me well enough. I do not vacation well. Yeah, me neither. I, but, but I've had I, to learn. <laughs> I've had to learn. I've literally had to beat it out of myself. Okay, so before we get into like, I want to spend the last part of the show talking about memes, memes no, and sure. shit on the internet that gives us joy. <laughs> but I do have this to say. So one of my favorite moments of the year uh, came this week during the, the presentations and in the, I taught a class on strategic planning and one of my students got up because I asked the group, like, anything surprise you about this process? They had to do this big, like, program review and blah, blah, blah. And part of the project is they had to do a SWOT analysis. Mm-hmm. And this student says, I could do SWOT analysis every day. I love SWOT analysis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I went... There there's a there's, there's a that. job out there for you. There's that. And then another <laughs> then. <laughs> it was just Good awesome. Job. All right. So switching gears. Mm-hmm. So 
we, Beth and I, there's like those memes on the interwebs about how spouses like lie in bed next to each other and send each other reels, Instagram reels at night. And they're like lying in bed and they're laughing next to each other. The Beth and I do this, but we're not lying in bed yeah, next to each other. From we're, separate we're, beds. We're separate beds. <laughs> um, so I, like there's certain ones I send to my husband. There's certain ones I send to Beth. And then there's every so often the Venn diagram intersects mm-hmm. and they, I send it to both of them. So I wanted to think about like the internet or the the Instagram accounts that we have been getting the most kind of like joy out of, Mm -hmm. right? And some of these I know are also on TikTok too. So it's not just Instagram, but it's also TikTok. For me, the Instagram account that I love to go to, that's a higher ed kind of one that brings me so much joy and I love it is called HBCU, it's called historically black since it's it's I, I, who if whoever runs this, I am going to send them this out to like I'm going to probably give them this information. I it is not my business the Instagram account name, mm-hmm. it's theirs. They came up with it, whatever. But it's very hard. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's historically black since one word at historically mm-hmm. black on Instagram and it has all kinds of content with historically black college and university HBCU marching bands mm-hmm. dance groups step teams all that but also it has lectures and people on campus super spirited things i and once you have it up on your Instagram it's like constant right and they do great content so big snaps to them that's one that i really love what what are you loving i i know that we we can talk all about bama rush but we could talk yes. about that another it, it, it as well but is there <laughs> an account like is there an, a higher ed account that you really love i don't know if i would pick one i think i mean it's funny you bring up bama rush because that's something that comes to mind not I'm not. I'm actually not on TikTok. Yeah, I'm not on TikTok. But I've no. seen. I've certainly seen a lot of yeah. the things that are tre- that trend on TikTok, and that was something that the last couple of years has trended on TikTok is the content about sorority rush at the University of Alabama, and so it wasn't so much that content itself, but there is a woman I follow on Instagram by the name of Anna Helen Peterson who writes a wonderful newsletter called Culture Study and also just started a podcast, oh. and she kind of just does a lot of content around. The culture of the internet. Yeah. She also did a really great article where she, I forget what magazine it was she was writing for. Maybe it was Elle. They were going to pay her to live like a trad wife for a week. Oh my God. And then it ended up not happening. But it's, it, that's my other weird internet thing that, that like fascinates me. Yeah. Is because I'm just like, what? <laughs> but, but anyway, but I like when she talks about college related things because okay. I think it's interesting to, She's probably a couple years younger than me, okay. I think. So yeah. she would have graduated college in, let's say, like the mid-aughts okay. is my best guess. Okay. And I think it's interesting to see someone closer to me in age kind of di- dissecting, like, what are students, like, showing us about their college experience yeah. now, yeah. 20, yeah. um, 20-ish years later? Yeah. How has it changed? And they do share a lot. And they do share a lot of yeah. different things. I think another trend a trend so not an account but like another trend that i think is an interesting one and kind of a sticky one Mm. for me especially given like the actual functional area i work in is 
the internet has always like really since like connection on the internet started, whether mm-hmm. it was like live journal or message boards yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then it became, and then it was face, then it was MySpace, then it was Facebook. So all these different ways, it, one of the sort of pluses of it has always been like, wow, I don't have to limit my community yeah. to the people in my, my actual yeah, physical space. community. Yep. Yep. I can like yep. become a community. I can have community with yeah. people I'm not even anywhere near. Absolutely. And that I think has been really positive in a lot of ways for people that are dealing with all kinds of different things mm-hmm. like medically, mental health wise, whatever. Yeah. So the interesting thing now that I think has, has happened is you see a decent number of people talking about how they learned something about a particular illness or condition via like a TikTok video and realize it sounds familiar to them. Yeah. And I say it's sticky because I think that as with anything, information on TikTok is not always going to be correct. Yes. Right. So you see some stuff where you're just like, wow, oh, this is an actual like board certified OBGYN talking about like we love those. And that's we love those folks. Make more videos about that. But then you see other people that they're just like their qualifications are just vibes and they're yeah. just down here being like, this is how you know if you have ADHD. And yeah, it's like, like mm, I don't not know. really. So but I but it's tricky. I say it's tricky because there's there's all this history, obviously, of like not everyone has access to a diagnosis or, you know, yeah, and different right. depending on what what group, you know, you're part of other marginalized groups. You're not listened to at the doctor. There's right. all these reasons, well, but right? It, yeah. So it democratizes things in a way yeah. that I think is very positive and great. Yeah. But I also fear a little that sometimes there's sort of an end of that spectrum where there's like a pathologizing of very normal stuff. Yeah. That's just like sometimes life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, and I don't say that to like mock people who are, um, maybe inspired to explore something about themselves a little bit more because of something they saw on social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. I think that's like a net positive. Yeah. Right. But it is an interesting trend to kind of watch and see like what happens. I don't think it's ultimately bad though. If you're like watching a TikTok video and you go, Oh, I do. I do that. That that sounds familiar to me. Maybe I should ask someone. Yeah. If this is like the real deal for me. Well, and I think it's, it's tangentially related to that. One of the things that I've seen on, on, Instagram specifically, and I think it's probably replicated from their TikTok accounts, mm-hmm. is this idea of um, disability Instagram uh-huh. and students who are living on campus with a variety of visible disabilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So folks who might be living in a wheelchair or have other conditions that would make living on campus challenging. Mm-hmm. And how do they advocate for themselves? And I've seen some really great accounts out there where people like, let me tell you what I said to my campus and how I showed them why I needed to change classrooms because I can't. They say, oh, well, we have door openers on that classroom building. It's fine. But then I say, well, actually, this building's always let me show you what happens when that door opener is not working. Right. Right. And how I can't open this. I physically cannot open this door and I have to wait for people to open the door for me. That I think those are great. And yes. I think that idea of uh, going to one of my points earlier is that when students take to these accounts, I think they're really authentic. I mm-hmm. think that you see great things. There, are, There is some stuff out there that is not good. 
there's stuff out there sure. that is, first of all, not good content. That's one thing. I'm like, oh, that's, uh. um, but there's other things where you're like, nah, that's kind of a lie. And nope, that is a lie. Like, let me think about this a little more. That's a lie. And so there is a, a bit of that and you have to weed through that and you have to, 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 do whatever you have to do with that to respond. Mm-hmm. But I think there is some some pieces. I think some of the trends I like to see, um, you've sent me some from your campus, is like student takeovers. Yeah, um, I do like those. Those are fun. I would like there to be a little less scripted about it, which I know <laughs> it's going through the, H- the, the comms office is saying, because I really, I would love one that doesn't start. Hey, guys, this is what, I'm like, please, if I, I will literally do a donation to your campus. If you just sit, don't say, don't, don't start with, Hey guys, I'm really excited. Oh, well, anyway, but then the other one I love, cause you know, deeply rooted love of mascots cause yes. being a former college mascot myself, but I love when the college mascot does something completely bonkers. Well, and, I mean yeah. the, the, er, like the, the most, perfect example of that is not a college mascot. Oh, Gritty. Gritty. Gritty is the best. And and these, I'm not even a I'm not a, a, yeah, I'm not a Flyers, Flyers fan. fan, but he is, I am a Gritty fan. Yeah, I am a huge Gritty fan. <laughs> huge. I'm and, a Grittizen. Well, Thank uh, you very much. Uh, <laughs> how could you how not be? All the I don't good understand. Stuff out, of, out of, like, professional sports is coming out of Philadelphia right now. And, like, Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary. Like, there's a lot Which, of good yeah. shit coming out of Philly. Philly is, Philly's killing big, it. Big good props. Job, Philly. Big props to Philly. Okay. Yeah, no, the mascots are really fun. I just, I think it, well, there's a, it's so much easier to, like, do bananas stuff when you're already in this yeah. giant I I'm actually animal quite jealous of the fact that, like, they actually, I, I mean... When I was a college mascot, it was the 80s, and all you had was still photography, yeah. and you had to bring it to CVS to get it. Just you had to get it to. to they get really it can like exercise their craft in a oh different my way. God, I am which so is amazing. jealous. I mean, honest to God, but that I love that when you see that on online. I like to see, like I said, the student takeovers. Um, I always love to see a good faculty member who's out there just crushing it in terms of explaining complicated shit, like, and, and mm-hmm. being able to have conversations. Like, I love that. And being, I want to see more of that. Like, if I'm going to say to the campuses, things I want to see more of, go into the classroom, or if the faculty member doesn't want you in the classroom, have these conversations with mm-hmm. the faculty member in ways that I literally lose my mind for a good whiteboard video. Like a whiteboard video with someone who knows how to like explain world economics, like do it. Like this is why it's, it's related to our shared love of Steve Kornacki. Yeah. It's the same thing. He needs better pants. Um, (laughs) Then the, the things I'm tired of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are the baggy, I'm calling it baggy style admissions videos. Mm. We're like, I'm, Hi, I'm Laura. I'm here in the quad at X University, and I want to tell you all the reasons why we're just a giving, caring, and loving environment where everyone here feels like they are part of our community. That sounds like you're describing a preschool. Oh. Even if, and and I know most colleges and universities want to be a giving and caring environment, and they should. 
stop. But stop force feeding me belonging. Like I love <laughs> belonging. I love belonging, but don't like shove it down my throat because here's the thing. You're not going to feel like you belong there if you're not authentic. You yeah. have to be authentic. Yeah. The other thing I'm bad at, like this is purely a tech thing. And this is, this was really for Dave. Bad audio. Like I, if you're going to do these things, have proper equipment mm-hmm. and get I was joking about those little mini microphones. You can buy them on Amazon for $25. I know. My student group got one for this very purpose. It is, they're making their Instagram videos. It, it's now, the depending on the brand, it drains your battery like crazy. I don't understand why it drains your battery so much, but bottom line your videos sound so much better and your content sounds so much better. And the it's more fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually fun. Like, they, a lot of the schools take the, the cam, they take the little mini video, uh, audio uh, recorder, the, the microphone, mm-hmm. and they clip it to, like, a, speaking of the mascot, a doll of the mascot. Yeah. So they hold the mascot and they're doing <laughs> so this cute. in between the two. Like, at first, it's a little weird. Like, I'm like, why are they shoving this, like, boiler maker in it's this like person's a, face? It's but, like a talking you know, stick. It, <laughs> But in the shape of the Providence Friar, which would be terrifying. Oh, my God. So (laughs) I know that the Providence Friar is Laura's favorite. I love the Providence Friar. (laughs) So last. okay, we're going to leave. We're going to leave you all with this visual. So when I was (laughs) working in my as a when I was a mascot, I was we're down. We're playing Providence. I was at Boston University. I was the terrier. And. The Providence Flyer, Friar at the time was just like basically a giant bald head. It was like a big <laughs> bald head. And then the costume was like a tent. It was like this brown tent because it's just wearing the frock that the, the Friar wears. Right? Yeah, the, the like cassock. The cassock is right? that what it is? Yeah. And so... There, the, the, so that skating, it, it looked very bizarre. It was kind of like this, like floating kind of cassock thing on the thing. And this is the eighties. So let's just say that the, the people in the stands were a bit more raucous, I think, <laughs> and less sophisticated. And at one point, the friar goes flying by the section and the, and I can't remember, it, it was a, I can't remember who it was, but I don't think it was a BU student. But someone did not like the friar, and he just threw a beer at the friar's head. (laughs) And the friar just goes crashing down in the ice. And it was like it it was like that like a Bull Durham moment. Like, oh look. It's like bam. Oh my God. I love those days. Like no, I am not advocating violence. Yeah, don't I am don't not throw stuff violence. at people when but, they're on. But skates. these are visuals that I can never get <laughs> out of my bad. mind. Is like the Providence Friar floating across, and then bam. Can I can I have beef with one trend that I am tired yes, of? <laughs> this is not that universities do. This go. is just another thing. I. I guess, like, I'm sorry to be a hater. If this is a thing that you want to do, it's your business. But, yeah. like, people that are having their residence hall room decorated by oh, a professional God. decorator. Please stop. And then making stop. a video of it. It's no. a lot. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ooh, Laura's not sorry to I be a hater. <laughs> so over this trend. It, I just, and then 
because I've worked in res life for pretty much the, the majority of my life, okay, like either in the department or supervising department, I see these videos of these overly dressed rooms, mm-hmm. overly dressed rooms. And I'm like, so who gets custody of the rug when this when this roommate con roommate situation <laughs> just deteriorates into a fiery ball? Who gets all? I mean, it is. I look at this going, this is just terrible. It just to me. And again, like whatever. If it works it. for you, I guess. But I, I think one of the joys no. of like moving into a room in a residence hall on campus right. is like if you're sharing with someone, which you most likely are as a first year student, you get half. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like you want your half to be about you. Correct. And it's cool uh-huh. to like yes. think about what that means. What? what it, it, I love the fact when you would move into your room and you would put your favorite band up on the wall. Like if I mm-hmm. have my band on the wall and you have your band on the wall, I know a lot about who lives in this room just by what music you're listening to. It's true. Yeah. Right. And and I and to make it some like monolith that is just sterile it's just sterile it's really sterile mm-hmm. like it may be pretty i guess but no well, space not i feel like I, it emphasizes also a class divide oh it's so classless that i well, 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 <laughs> classless and it's, it is a class divide absolutely it emphasizes like i i think about like okay when i i used to work uh, in residence life at a large state university, mm. not here in Massachusetts, a different state. Mm. And it was one of the times that I really remember seeing that kind of class conflict within individual yeah. rooms yeah. Yeah. because yeah. we would have students who would come from the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So mom and dad were like diplomats or whatever. <laughs> and then they would be roommates with someone who literally was the first in there was a first generation student yeah. and their family lived on like a dairy farm in the right. southwestern part of the state. Right. And that's and sometimes those things work great and they get along great. But I think that we hear a lot in our work about there's all this push to recruit first generation students and then what happens when they get to campus and they don't feel that they belong. Mm-hmm. And you know that one of those issues is the, is the class thing of yeah. like they it is stressful to be reminded that you don't have money for things or that yeah. you whatever. And so I think of that as being like, Oh, that's a front the worst. Center. If it was in your room, like you oh, live God, with no. it. No. And I also just, as a person that did grow up in a family that was pretty paycheck to paycheck, the idea of paying someone to decorate a room I'm oh, going to no. live in for no. nine months. No, I couldn't, it no. would just stress me out too much. It's, it's how I feel that's about when people say I paid Postmates to bring me McDonald's. Like, no, like go, <laughs> Just go to McDonald's. So I just, I'm an advocate for like, go to the poster sale on campus the the first week and get that poster of Jim Morrison that everyone has if you want. Or the picture of John Belushi with college on his shirt. Yeah. Like whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Like what are they selling to the, I sound like a senior citizen. What are they selling to the kids now? They do. Well, (laughs) where I I teach, there is, there was a poster sale at the start of the year and I went over and I looked and by the way, the Jim Morrison poster is still there. there. The, the John Belushi poster is still there. There's uh, ho- obviously we've got some Beyonce, we've got yeah. some Taylor Swift, we've Clearly. got we've got all that. There was no Killers posters, which I was very disappointed about. 
I would have bought a killer's poster for my office. Why so do they call go. themselves the killers? Because they couldn't be nicer the boys. Pe- <laughs> Shout out to Seth Shout Meyers' to mom. Seth Meyers' mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was tremendous. Okay. So, Happy New Year. Yes. Happy New Year. There will be more episodes coming up of Office Hours with Dr. DeVoe. And thank you, Dave, for having us. Yay. Really happy to be here. Come back soon, guys. I miss you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hope you had fun with that. Hope you had a laugh or two. Hope you thought a little bit about what you can do over the break and what you can do to position yourself for a successful spring semester. In the coming semester, we have a lot of great guests lined up and uh, some things are going to be quite thoughtful, quite relevant, quite hmm, head scratchy. Uh, but if you have any suggestions, please go into my link tree, which is listed in the show notes and send us some thoughts on some future guests or if you think you would be a great guest here at Office Hours. Uh, another feature for next semester is I did a very long interview uh, or a series of interviews with uh, folks at the NASPA Region 1 Conference this uh, uh, November in beautiful Portland, Maine. And it netted me three plus hours of interview material. So we are going to use that over the course of the weeks to come uh, for some mini shows. So be on the lookout. You'll be seeing some mini shows dropping into your feed and uh, I hope you enjoy them. And as we move into the end of the semester, thank you for being an Office Hour listener. In order to grow our community, please rate, review, and share the podcast with your network. I would really appreciate it. And hey, don't forget the show notes. Uh, there you'll find more information on today's guests and, of course, details on how to follow me on social media and become a subscriber to my newsletter. Thank you to my wonderful producer, David Yaz. It was great to be in the studio with you. And remember, Office Hours is a production of Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts. Now get out there and learn something.